0: Today on Blue 58, that is a wrap for the 2021 NFL Draft. Let's sort through days two and three before we deal with the onslaught of undrafted free agents. How did the Packers do anyway? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of com. I am your host, John Meerdink. happy to be with you here for another episode. That was a draft, wasn't it? Packers are all done making their selections. It is now Sunday evening as I record this, and sometime on Monday or some other point during the week when it's reaching your ears. And I thought it would be worth our time to spend a little time sorting through the day two and three prospects before we start talking about uh, undrafted free agents who are making their way to Green Bay. Overall, I think I like this class of Packers draft picks. Wouldn't describe it as an exciting class, though I think there are players to get excited about. It kind of upon reflection feels a little bit like the draft class as a whole we talked about in the the lead up to the draft how this felt like a a class with a lot of b plus to b minus players and generally speaking it feels like that's where the packers class is b plus to b minus and that's not necessarily a bad thing you've got your stars You've got your your high-end players. And building that next layer of guys is super, super important. Some of these guys, even if they are just capping out at a a B-plus player, thinking mad, and say if they top out at the mid-80s in their ratings, you can win with those guys. And some of these guys are going to be playing important positions. Diving right in, second-round pick Josh Myers is one of those guys. A center out of Ohio State, six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds. Interesting to note right off the bat that at Packers.com they are describing him as a center slash guard. That is his official position designation. He played guard in high school, was recruited as a guard, never took a snap at guard at Ohio State in regular season play. What to like about him? Apparently, it does give you some interior flexibility. the The book on him is that he could project as a center or guard, and that's apparently what the Packers are thinking here, and that does give the Packers some flexibility again. I really like that he's a long-term player, played a lot of snaps, a lot of games at Ohio State. Admittedly, this is one of my biases, but I tend to lean a bit more towards guys that have done it for a long time at the college level. I don't like one-year wonders. I don't like guys that sat the bench for three years and then finally stepped into a starting role. Myers is the kind of guy who has played a lot of games over a long period of time. Also like that he's big. 6'5", 3'10", is pretty good size for a center. It's bigger than any center the Packers have had playing there extensively, dating back to the Favre era. Since then, they've tended to lean more towards guys like Corey Lindsley and Scott Wells, more in that 6'2", to 6'3", 300-pound range, a little bit shorter, a little bit lighter. Myers is bigger, taller, and heavier than that. What not to like, and this is a quibble as much as anything, but he does not have a relative athletics who had a turf turf toe injury this spring that required surgery, so he did not test at Ohio State's Pro Day, so we just have to do without there. There are some questionable advanced numbers in his scouting report as well. According to Sports Information Solutions, he blew more blocks more regularly than any other center in the draft class. Creed Humphrey, who we spoke about as a potential target at center and who was next off the board, was a relative athletic score all-star and was the best in almost every one of those categories in terms of limiting blown blocks and uh, just blown block rates and things like that. Interesting contrast and something we're going to have to watch. So who is he? This is something I want to do for each of these guys that we talk about. Who is the best comp for Josh Myers if you're thinking about a Packers player? I think if you're looking at Myers, you're looking at a a plus version, a highly polished version of Lucas Patrick, and that may sound like fairly faint praise, but I'm a big fan of Lucas Patrick. He's done a lot of good things on the inside for the Packers. Doesn't necessarily come with a lot of bona fides, but he's got positional versatility and a good reputation get enough of those guys, you can have a pretty solid offensive line, and Josh Myers looks like the odds-on favorite right now to start at center for the Packers. Next up is Amari Rodgers, taken by the Packers after a trade-up in the third round, 5'9", 212 pounds out of Clemson. What I like about him starts with his size, which kind of sounds a little bit weird for a guy who's 5'9", but He's not some willowy little five-nine guy like a Tutu Atwell or something like that. Two hundred twelve pounds at five foot nine is pretty beefy. Of the nine wide receivers in the class that we looked at that were listed at five nine or shorter, he was the only one listed above two hundred pounds, and one of only two listed at a hundred ninety pounds or higher. So he's got some muscle on his relatively short frame. Size alone, I think it might be better to think of him more as a running back playing wide receiver than just a wide receiver. Think about Tyler Irvin with the Packers. Irvin was a wide receiver playing running back. Rodgers might be a running back playing wide receiver. But I think he slots right into that Tyler Irvin role. In terms of production, another thing to like about uh, Mr. Rodgers here, he averaged 10.2 yards per target his final year at Clemson. That is not bad uh, just by itself. But get this. Uh, His average depth of target was just 7 yards. So even in college, he was already creating a lot of yards after the catch. That was just his final season at Clemson. 2019 was even better. He averaged 10.4 yards per target that year, but his average depth of target was only 5.7 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. This guy is going to create a lot of yards after the catch. Also like that he's got some punt return ability. Not exactly great numbers doing it, but he can do it. And I would expect he'll open as the guy getting first crack at being the Packers' punt returner this summer. I don't necessarily like his overall athleticism. 4.51, 4.52, and the 40 is nothing to sneeze at, but it's not just blazing speed either. Not a huge concern here, but uh, worth mentioning. Uh, his explosiveness and agility numbers, not great o- overall either. Vertical leap, broad jump, three cone, all below average there. So just kind of middling athleticism, but I think he's got a role where I'm not sure how much that's really going to matter. uh, Because he's, well, you know how the Tyler Irvin role works. In that kind of jet motion, it's not necessarily having blazing speed, it's the movement, not the speed of the movement that is important. So when you talk about what Amari Rogers is for the Packers, I think he's a lot like a Randall Cobb type playing the Tyler Irvin role. Moving along, let's talk about Royce Newman. 6'5", 310 pounds, out of Mississippi. I love his versatility. Uh, Packers love versatile linemen. Tell me if this isn't the perfect description of a zone-blocking scheme Packers lineman. This is from Dane Brugler's uh, 2021 draft guide. Quote, Newman is still developing the tricks of the trade, but he does a great job of staying on time with his eyes, feet, and body movements. He relies more on angles than power and is more of a get-in-the-way blocker than a mauler. Overall, Newman doesn't have overwhelming physicality or play strength, but he is a quick off-the-ball with efficient setup and execution to stay square with defenders. He projects, get this, as a prospect with four position, right tackle, left guard, right guard, offensive center, versatility you can get by with a guy like that. I like his overall athleticism too. Agility numbers are a tick off from what the Packers typically look for, but he's an 8.37 relative athletic score overall. That's going to play. What not to like though about Newman? Well, we've talked about this in the lead up to the draft itself, but uh, versatility cuts both ways. If he is indeed a four-position prospect, why hasn't he nailed down any one of those four positions to this point? If he's good enough to be one thing, he would be that one thing. Small thing, but just something that uh, I think we should keep in the back of our minds. It's great that he has this versatility. Why was he not good enough to just pick one thing and stick with it in college? Age two is a bit of a concern here for Mr. Newman. He is going to be 24 by the start of the season. That's pretty old for the Packers' draft tendencies. They tend to shoot a little bit younger. Uh, so, what is Newman? I think he's Billy Turner. Uh, not really any one thing, but pretty good at a bunch of things. And in the right circumstances, you can really find uh, find him adding a lot of value to his to your offensive line. TJ Slayton up next to Daryl. TJ Slayton, six foot five, heavy air quotes here, three hundred thirty pounds out of Florida. He's described elsewhere as being 350. I think the most common number I've seen for his listed weight is 356 pounds. According to some reports I've read, he got as high as 380 pounds in college at times. Good for him if he kept it moving all the time. Whatever playing weight he feels comfortable with, I think, is important. What to like here, though? Uh, Size. Um, We have previously talked about how the Packers' defensive line has tended a bit light over the past couple years. Uh, Dean Lowry, in particular, is an example we used in the pre-draft process. As a guy who is not light per se, as a guy who's lifted in the upper 290s, but relative to offensive and defensive linemen, that is a little bit light. T.J. Slayton is not that. He is not light. He's a big dude even if we go with the low number on him 330 pounds is pretty hefty i also like that the expectations here are pretty clear i forget which prospect prospect we use this kind of analogy with or the description with but uh, this is this is a what you see is what you get lineman if you're 330 pounds and 6 foot 5 if you're 350 pounds and 6 foot 5 what's the expectation there you're a plugger you're going to sit there and you're going to eat up blocks and whatever you get as far as a pass rush is going to be a bonus and I think that only helps TJ Slayton setting expectations that way he is a run block eater he's going to be there to stop the run probably a first and second down lineman primarily but I would add this something I also really like about Slayton is his burst Uh, Something a lot of people look at as a gauge of athleticism is the 10-yard split in the 40-yard dash. Basically, how quickly are you getting off the line of scrimmage? His 10-yard split was 1.68 seconds, which is unreal for a guy who is running at 350 pounds or more. An absolutely elite time. And if you can get that guy pointed towards the quarterback, that is quite an accomplishment. I don't like, though, the trade-offs that come with size you are going to be pretty limited in your snap count if you're going to be playing in the upper 350s, anywhere over 330, really. Um, And it it seems like that is the book on Slayton. He also really had no real production in college, uh, production ratio for his career of 0.35. That's not great. 10 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks over 38 career games at Florida. Um, That's that's not getting it done um, stats-wise. So what is he? I think he's a bigger Tyler Lancaster, guy who's going to be a run-staffer with some athletic traits. Will he pan out? Who knows? But day three picks are always a, a bit of a wild card, a bit of a lottery pick. And uh, if you're making lottery picks on the defensive line, if you can't get an elite edge rusher, might as well go with a real big dude, and he is that. Next up is Shamar Jean Charles, or Jean Charles, if you want to go to with the uh, francophone pronunciation. Um, five foot 10, 184 pounds at Appalachian state. Uh, what to like about him? Ball skills. This guy should have been on our pre-draft board and that's a miss by me. So if we count him retroactively, we actually got three guys in the pre-draft prediction process. Not too bad. He should have been on our board as a guy who ticked boxes in coverage grade and ball hawks, but not relative athletic score. So that would have put him right there with, uh, Asante Samuel jr. Uh, he has just a 425 relative athletic score, so not great there. But his coverage grade, his final year at App State, was 84.3. That is excellent. He also had 33 ball hawks for his career, also excellent. He should have been, again, in tier 1A. That is a pretty rare combo, a guy putting up those coverage numbers with that athletic score. That athleticism is a little bit troublesome, though. That does put a little bit of a ceiling on what you can do um in your time in the NFL but it can also be counteracted in the right role he may be destined to play the slot for the packers and that is fine uh, you're going to be playing with 5-6 defensive backs on the field most of the time anyway so you can find a role for a guy who finds his way to the ball as often as Mr. Gene Charles appears to. so who is this guy in in packers terms i think he's looking like a Casey Hayward type. Um, a guy who should play uh, in with his athleticism, there are some concerns, uh, but elite ball skills. Uh, Hayward did have much better agility numbers than uh, Mr. Gene Charles did, but I think broadly speaking, that's what you're looking for. A guy who in the right role can really succeed, but it's finding that role that is the challenge. Also looking for a role is going to be Cole Van Lannan, six foot five, three hundred and five pounds, out of Wisconsin. How can you not like the story here? Growing up in Green Bay, uh, Bayport High School, going to Wisconsin, going to the Packers. How do you dislike that? Uh, I also like another entry in the tackle, the guard pipeline here. Packers have been doing this for years. Van Lannon looks like the latest, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, getting him at tackle is going to be a bit of a prospect project. Excuse me. They say his tape. At tackle is, quote, like a guard in an outside zone-heavy scheme, and that is not a compliment coming from our friends at Pro Football Focus. Who, baby? um, They are not a big fan of his work at tackle, but if they kick him inside, he's got the traits to succeed at guard. You wonder a little bit if he's a product of the system. Wisconsin churns out guys like this by the dozen. That's not a walk, knock on Wisconsin. That's just the way they operate, and it works for them. So is he just another guy off of that assembly line? What's unique about him? Looking through his scouting reports, it's tough to find something other than that Wisconsin connection. But still, he was a reasonably successful Big Ten tackle who has traits that seem like they would translate to guard. That's, that, that'll win as a day three pick. So who is he? I think he's a less decorated John Runyon. Runyon was a celebrated college tackle who just have, happens to be a little bit limited size-wise. Uh, Van Lannen, uh somewhat the same. Not huge for a tackle. Maybe a little bit on the light side. Uh, kick him inside at guard and see what you got. Add another corn-fed, big old offensive lineman and uh, see what you get. Isaiah McDuffie. Heading down the stretch here for the Packers. Joins them at their inside linebacker group out of Boston College. six one, 227 pounds. This uh, harkens back to something we, we talked a little bit about on the Discord server. Join the Discord server, by the way. If you are a Patreon supporter uh, and haven't joined, we would love to see you in there. If you are neither a Patreon supporter or in the Discord, uh, what are you waiting for? It's a fun time, and we've got Packers fans from all over the world in there. Uh, talking about the draft and all of the things going on around the Packers right now. And boy, there are a few things going on around the Packers, but we are just talking about the draft right now. Uh, But uh, to circle back to McDuffie, we talked in the Discord and on Patreon a little bit about college clustering. The Packers have this weird tendency uh, over the past five, ten years or so to draft somebody from a given college and then the next year return and draft somebody from the exact same college. Coming out of Boston College... That continues because last year the Packers drafted A.J. Dillon out of Boston College, and now they go back and get his former teammate Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, I like McDuffie's athleticism and straight-line speed. Uh, 7'3"3 relative athletic score is not elite, but it is very good. Uh, he's knocked down below elite status by his agility numbers, but he runs a 4.6140, which is pretty darn good uh, for a linebacker. But what is he? Um, He's small for a linebacker. 6'1", 227 is more safety size. You see some tape that puts him uh, at like a quasi-edge role, um, rushing the quarterback. Uh, He does a little bit of off-the-ball stuff. What is he really? I I don't really know. Uh, Finding a role for him may be a little bit of a challenge, but I think if you're looking for a comp for what he is right now, landing on Ty Summers may not be the worst thing in the world. Athletic linebacker, maybe a little bit small, but probably going to be a dynamite special teams player. And you need those to get the job done on Sundays. Finally, the very last pick for the Packers was five foot 214-pound Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State. This is not an example of the Packers returning to a college where they drafted somebody last year, but this is the third time in four years the Packers have drafted somebody from Mississippi State. Interesting nugget, nugget there. What to like? Athleticism. Overall definitely fits the bill of the Christian Michael memorial action star third string running back a kind of running joke that we've talked about during the Brian Gutekunst era outside of his top two guys he seems to really love a rocked up just muscles everywhere guy who looks like he could play an action star in a movie at his running back uh, at his third string running back position and that kind of started with Christian Michael um, back in 2018 Muscly at 214 pounds. Uh, Michael actually, excuse me, was uh, considerably before 2018. He was back in 2016. I need to correct myself before I get too far down that path. But uh, Michael was kind of the epitome of that 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 genre. Just a muscly guy with very few traits uh, that seemed marketable at running back, other than as, his athleticism. Back to Kylan Hill though, muscled up at 214 pounds. If you watch a couple seconds of highlights of him, you can see the athleticism is just there. The testing numbers hardly matter. He belongs athletically on whatever football field he steps onto. He just, he fits in. That's how good an athlete he is. What not to like though about him is his scheme fit. Uh, Everywhere you read about him, he's described as a bit of a freelancing runner Uh, doesn't really read his blocks necessarily, just kind of goes where he wants and counts on his athleticism to get him out of jams. The Packers scheme, uh, to put it bluntly, is not about that. The Shanahan tree outside zone running scheme is about allowing your blocks to set up and then cutting off of those blocks. There is no room for just kind of trying to figure it out by yourself and making guys miss. If you don't trust your blocks, there will be nothing there for you. So who is Kylan Hill then? I think he kind of falls into that Dexter Williams sort of category in a weird kind of way. He's like Dexter Williams, but he's also kind of the op- opposite of Dexter Williams. Williams was a and is. He's still around and alive and all of those things. Uh, he was and is... Um, a a guy with a lot of experience in a zone running scheme. That was one of the big selling points when the Packers drafted him is that he has zone zone game experience. Uh, He he knows how to run as a um, outside zone running back. I don't know if Kylan Hill has that, but um, he kind of has the opposite sort of approach as, as what Williams does where Williams was all scheme and athleticism Hill is just athleticism, and it's a question of whether he can fit in scheme. Williams fits in the scheme, but he's never really been able to unlock that athleticism. Hill has the athleticism. Is he going to fit into the scheme? He's a question mark, a lot like Dexter Williams was, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what, if any, undrafted free agent running backs the Packers add, and again, circling back to my man Patrick Taylor, uh, what he is able to do now that he is apparently, hopefully, fully healthy. That is the Packers draft class for right now. And again, overall, I feel this is pretty solid, if not overly exciting. But exciting doesn't necessarily win you all that many games. So let's just see how these guys fit in with the offense as it is constituted once the Packers get to the field this summer and beyond. We will be back in a couple days for a look at the Packers' undrafted free agents once their selections and uh, signings are over. I'm excited to take a look at what they get there. Uh, but in the meantime, that's all I've got for you on this episode. I do appreciate listening in. appreciate everybody uh, we were able to interact with throughout the draft weekend and just uh, navigate these uncertain times uh, in Green Bay Packers football. Don't worry. We'll get through this together. If you enjoyed this episode and you think somebody else might enjoy it too, do me a favor and share it with that person. That's going to help more people find the show. And it's going to get people involved in this conversation we're having together around the Green Bay Packers, which ultimately is going to help all of us become Smarter Packers fans. Because as I always say, Smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.